Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we get an update from Charlie. He's been working on his second site, which he started just about, I think, 11 months ago at the time that we're recording this, and we have some pretty awesome news. I'm going to let Charlie tell us some of the you know, the details here, but he has hit $1,500 in the last month, which was October. And he's published 925 articles in this short amount of time, which is really an alarming pace of uh, publishing content. So Charlie, how's it going today? Hey, Doug, thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, got some great developments for the second site, and I'm seeing some really awesome growth. And, you know, on a personal note, um, you got married, so congratulations. Um, where'd you go on your honeymoon? Thanks. Uh, yeah, I went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was so nice to get away and kind of step away from everything. But, you know, still checking those Google Analytics every morning I woke up and, uh, you know, saw some good developments. It was funny, actually, the first couple of days of my honeymoon is when I got accepted into Mediavine. So, uh, you know, the grind doesn't stop. And it was nice having a little celebration while I was still, you know, enjoying my time on my honeymoon. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we talked um, to you before, so people can check those previous episodes to get more of a like a background and hear about one of the first sites that you started working on, which is um, something we may talk about in a future episode just to get an update. But today we're really focusing on your second site, which has been you know just informational, and you're you know growing really quickly. I was taking a look at your analytics earlier and their trajectory is is pretty amazing for a site that's 11 months old. So before we get into it, who are you and what do you do? And then we'll, we'll start talking about your site here. Sure. So I started getting back into the website creation process in April of 2020 during COVID. And that's when I made my first website, which I kind of talked about in your past updates. Uh, the goal was just kind of create some passive four-figure income, making $1,500 a month, and kind of went down more the way of publishing content around affiliate-based products, get commissions through Amazon. And then kind of as I you know, succeeded and failed in different parts of that site, um, I kind of learned how there was a real opportunity doing informational type of content and monetizing it with those premium ad networks such as Mediavine and AdThrive. So... When I was kind of pivoting to my second website project, which was later that year in December of 2020, I found another site that really inspired me to kind of take the informational content path just through, you know, searching through the SERPs and finding other keywords. I stumbled upon this site and said, wow, that site has over a thousand articles according to all the, you know, Ahrefs and SEMrush uh, trackers. It's getting a million page views a month. These sites must be doing really well. Maybe I should take, you know, a stab at trying to do something like that. So the second website was solely inspired for pushing informational content, answering simple questions. And that's really what I wanted to do. So I wanted to build a team of writers. I use Upwork. I use different uh, writing services to find a team that could be cost effective, answer simple questions that didn't need to be highly researched and just publish in the masses. Um, you know, there's a lot of other people out there in this business that have a lot of success with it. And while I don't consider myself anywhere close to an expert, all the type of things that I learned over the course of that time really inspired me to pursue this journey and really treat it like a business, you know, flood it with content, put a lot of money towards it, you know, put my time into publishing and editing the content, 
And in 11 months, I got 925 articles up. Uh, my goal was in the first year to do a thousand articles. So I'm just about there. And I got to be honest, it started very slow and I started questioning how it was going and getting a couple hundred visitors a day, a couple months in, and it's felt a little bit better. And then kind of the last three or four months, it's just really taken off from a thousand visitors a day, 2000 visitors a day. And now I'm getting real close to actually hitting probably a new all time high today. Hopefully it's around 2,900 to 3000 visitors. Uh, the site is monetized with Mediavine as of, uh, end of September and it's starting to make significant income. So hopefully I can continue to grow that, but I'm excited to kind of talk about what my thought process is with publishing and how I plan to scale the site, uh, larger in the next couple of months. Perfect. And a couple of things. So number one, you mentioned, I. Uh, Mediavine at the end of September. So were you monetizing at any point in the, like the previous, whatever, nine months? Nothing at all. I had a Zoic on my first website and I had a lot of issues with page speeds and getting things to run correctly and having different issues that went on. Now I know Zoics kind of create different types of things to improve that type of page speed experience, but I figured just to make things simple and I was so focused on publishing content, I, it didn't really make sense for me to waste all this time just to make maybe a couple hundred dollars a month. I figured once I could get into one of those bigger ad network sites, I can hand over all that type of responsibility to them and let their customer service help me there. And I could just really focus on the content sides of it, which is I really think how the relationship should work. And I've had a lot of success waiting for them. And thankfully I was able to hit 50,000 sessions in under a year. Perfect. Okay. And then the other thing, I'm, I'm going to hit some overview stuff before we get into those details. But so you publish 925 articles, you have a team of writers because you have a full time job. Um, how much have you invested so far just to give us an idea? So obviously, you know, depending on people's budgets, they may be able to do this sort of thing themselves. But yeah, how much have you invested so far overall in the site? I'm just about at $23,000 invested into content. I really haven't spent too much money elsewhere. You know, I don't have an editor. Uh, I don't have anyone else that publishes the content for me. I do all of that. I get the content from the writers and I do everything else from there uh, in terms of publishing the content, putting up pictures. You know, I do have a small amount of money that I budget towards photos and I pay for a premium subscription on deposit photos. But other than that, that's all I've spent into the site. Uh, I've done a little outreach with links, used Haro here and there, but nothing worth noting in terms of large you know, amounts of money spent there. Got it. Okay. So $23,000 is obviously a decent chunk of change. And if you look back, you know, you spent that over a year, not all at once, but still that's a pretty significant investment. Now, because you just started monetizing, it's really hard to like understand what the valuation of the, the site is. But what would you what would you guess just based on sort of the market and where it is? And we won't hold you to it. I mean, you're not going to sell it. But yeah, what value would you think this site has? Right. So it's funny. And the last time we spoke in your video, I was hoping that the next time we spoke, I was going to make $1,000 a month. And to keep the numbers simple, I was like, oh, if I get a 35 times multiple, which I think is pretty conservative for this type of site, 35 times 1,000 is, you know, $35,000 site. Now I invested $23,000 into it to make a sale of 35,000, you know, obviously taking out taxes. That's a nice little profit there for under a year. Um, but now I'm at the point where the multiple can really grow from here because I can put more into the site to really grow the brand. 
make it more of an authority in the space. And I think that's when you start getting to the more attractive 40, 45 times multiples. Uh, this site hasn't been monetized with anything else outside of ads. So there's all these other opportunities to potentially bring in Amazon, other affiliate type of programs. And I will eventually look into that as well. But I think, you know, the way you got to think about this is this is a business. And if I'm already worth, you know, let's say at a 35 times multiple for making $1,500 a month, you know, I'm $55,000, $60,000 worth of an asset right now. How can I continue to grow that? But I'm also going to be making money every month from Mediavine as a check. So having $1,500, $2,000 come in a month and having this asset that's worth $55,000 and continuing to grow. Now I'm really starting to grow a business that's paying me some money back and could be a big sale down the line. I, I think in the near future, I wouldn't be shocked if a multiple could get me to six figures at a conservative like 35, 40 times. Um, but I have no plan of selling this in the near future. I definitely want to see what the site looks like at the two-year mark. Um, but I'm really happy with how it's been only 11 months in. Yes. And I, I think you're right. I mean, the fact that the site is growing in the trajectory that it's on, you can get a higher multiple and obviously you would only be able to, you know, sell it to someone who also believes the trajectory is going to continue to go up and you've been publishing content sort of constantly. So those, recently published articles are probably going to slowly rank and it just takes a little time to get those indexed. So, okay. Any other like broad strokes before we talk about keyword research and content? Yeah. So just kind of talking about how content's continuing to rank and I'm kind of waiting for all that to contribute to the growth. I looked at analytics this morning just to see how much of those 925 articles are really contributing to the growth of the site. Now, out of those 925 articles, only 150 of them are actually receiving five visitors a day organically or more. So obviously, there's a lot of articles contributing way more than just five visitors a day, which gets me to the 2,500, 3,000 sessions per day mark. But it just shows you how so much content still hasn't had time to rank. And it almost seems like every week I log back into analytics and I go through the weeds of what received traffic that day. And there's a new article that's kind of popping into the top 30 here and there, like, oh, no, that article finally ranked. Or what happened here? I interlinked that with an article and finally got found, and now it's ranking appropriately. So okay. it's exciting to see that stuff kind of contribute to the growth, but also shows you the power of publishing massive amounts of content. And while five visitors doesn't seem like much, you know, you get five visitors on a thousand articles, that's 5,000 visitors a day, not including any articles that do really well. Right. So publishing the masses going after low competition keywords can really add up over time and create a real valuable asset just for publishing a lot. Right. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And I'm curious when you stumbled upon this niche and you saw that site you mentioned before that looked to be getting, you know, a million visitors a month or something like that, how much content did that site have on it at the time when you recognized the opportunity? At the time when I first started mine, that main site, so my main competitor at the time had like 1,400 articles and they were publishing you know, 10 plus articles a day at that time. They slowed down publishing, but I did recently check like the other week and they're well over 2,000 articles. Now, that site I thought was actually a pretty good website that was more high quality. Um, so I try to stay away from competing on the same topics with that site. I do try and go after different keywords and there's more than plenty of those type of keywords in the space. But I actually found another site now in the niche that has like over 6,000 articles published. 
there must be something going on with like AI. There's gotta be some like artificial type of publishing because the articles aren't high quality. They answer like these simple questions. The capitalizations don't make sense on the articles. Like you can just tell it's like a lower quality site, but still, even like with the AI component, according to Ahrefs and like SEMrush, it says the site's getting like over 250,000 visitors uh, per month. And the site's maybe around my age, maybe a couple months older. And the reason I found this site was they have, I guess, links at the bottom of their articles referencing sources that they use. And there's like a couple topics I published on that I guess they want to copy and go after that same keyword. So I'm getting all these backlinks from this website and they all are do follow from this massive publishing spree that this AI website's on. So it's kind of funny just to kind of see how a quality website does it how this like artificial website's doing it. I mean, I'm getting these backlinks. I don't know if it's going to help me at all. It's still a low domain authority type of site. I think Ahrefs had it at like a 15, but it's kind of cool to kind of see that. And maybe they're watching me, I'm watching them type of thing, but it just shows you there's a lot of competition out there, but stick to your plan, stick to your high quality articles and stick to the keywords that make sense for ranking. Yeah, that's crazy. You'll have to, when we stop recording, you'll have to tell me what, what that site is. I'm <laughs> curious. It's crazy, like how stuff can rank that's just low quality. So, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Okay. So let's talk about the, the keywords. And it sounds like you got inspiration from a site that was out there. And there's obviously like room for competitors to pop up and stuff. So, what other tips and strategies did you use or? what sort of strategies did you use and what tips can you give us about keyword research in this sort of informational space? So the way I first thought about publishing informational content was going after these topic clusters. And I know, you know, you've had guests in the past kind of mention this to your viewers. It's kind of going after those articles like, can rabbits eat blank? Can rabbits eat carrots? Can rabbits eat uh, weeds? Can rabbits eat human food, whatever the topic is, they kind of stick to the main keywords in the beginning or the main phrasing. And they just kind of change that like filler keyword at the end. Um, usually they're more lower competition keywords. There's going to be usually those few really hard ones that are difficult to get. But if you go after those low ones and those medium competition keywords over time, your site will get authority for that topic. And eventually you could try and win the bigger keywords, but still over time, those lower ones are still going to bring in, you know, 5, 10, 15 visitors a day where it's worth publishing those type of articles. So the way my site first started was my first like 100 articles or so were in a phrase like that for my niche. And they started bringing in some traffic. I definitely saw the lower competition keywords really carry um, a good chunk of my traffic early on. And then from there, once I kind of feel like I went after everything in the low and medium competition keyword for that phrase... I found a different phrase. It was kind of a different twist, different category altogether, but the same type of principle really publish a lot of content. I have like one writer really focus on that category because I figured if they had the formatting down for what I wanted and kind of understood my vision for those articles, it was so much easier just to keep that to one writer. So while I had several writers working on my site, I always had them working on a different category. So once I got to a point where I was at five or six categories, um, the site wasn't bringing in too much traffic. Now it was under like six months old at the time, but I wasn't blown away with how the strategy was working. Um, I was building up some authority in that type of question and that type of phrasing, but it wasn't anything that was going to bring my site to, you know, 5,000, 10,000 visitors a month, in my opinion, at the time. 
from that point on, I kind of created more of a general category on my website that just answered questions within my niche. It could have just been a random, like, you know, eight word question, five word question, 10 word question that somebody would just go into Google, want a quick answer on, understand why there was, you know, this type of principle behind that answer. And, and that was all they wanted. So then I started trying to find those phrases. Now, two really cool things about that. Number one, it's really hard to find those type of questions because there's no like easy way to start asking that question in like Google autofill. You kind of have to like really think about the niche, which makes it more low competition. But the other cool part to it is even though it may seem like a low competition keyword, you can sometimes really strike gold and like, yeah, that's one of the home run questions in your niche. Like it's not easy to kind of find on Google autofill or these like keyword research tools. But if you really think about your niche and understand it, now you start diving into it. It's something that a lot of people are searching that you kind of be shocked about. So once I found those keywords, I started publishing, you know, another couple hundred articles on that front. And some of those articles started really taking off and doing really well. Now, I didn't want to get away from my original strategy altogether. I still found my writers that were, you know, doing a good job sending a lot of content back to me. So I still had them kind of work in those categories. But then I was investing more time and more resources into publishing articles around just general questions. So my site's kind of a blend of, of the two right now. It's having those type of categories that are loaded up with 50 to 100 articles that are kind of the same type of question, just changing the keyword at the end. And then the other part of the website, which is just random questions within my topic, still trying to stay focused on what my site's about, but they could be from all different areas and all different fronts, just around the 1,000 to 1,200 word mark. Okay. How many writers do you have on your team? At my peak, I want to say I had around 11 to 12 writers. And that when I mean peak, I mean I was publishing like 200 articles a month. Right now, I'm down to about four um, one writer works on those informational questions that I talked about. I pay her a little bit more than I do for the rest of the writers on my site. Then I have another writer who just writes premium content. These are articles that are 1500 to 3000 words. These take probably a week or two for her to write. They're definitely longer articles, more thought out, a lot of research. I definitely pay her a lot more money than I do my other writer, just because of the time that goes into the research. And then on Upwork, I have two writers that I also really like that I pay them about, you know, average what I usually put into my content. And they're very good at understanding that topic of how it needs to be formatted. They do good research, not crazy research because it's not really needed for those topics. And they help me publish content in the masses from those type of categories. So those four writers are kind of contributing to the growth of the site right now. Um, my last update, I had 875 articles. And now we talked about it. 925. So I've only added 50 articles just in the last couple months, but just kind of shows you how I'm really trying to focus in on the keyword research and what articles are really working at this point. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Otis. That's otis.global. And they're the source for age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The featured domain for this week is a pretty awesome one. So it's alphanutrition.com. It's dedicated to helping people find solutions for medical problems. They also had an interest in environmental issues like clean air and water and how those might infect an individual's health. And this is kind of an interesting one since it does have some medical sort of ties and 
potentially if you have a site and you're looking to improve the EAT through you know some diverse backlinks, this could be a good one to do it. It was created back in 1998, so it's 23 years old. The domain rating is 8 currently, and the domain authority is 28. Currently, there are 357 unique referring domains. 94 of them are do follow. There's some links from fasthealth.com, fivestars.com, and bbc.co.uk. And of course, a lot of branded anchor text is pointing at this site. So if you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get $100 in your account. And of course, I appreciate your support. I potentially would get a little commission if you uh, purchase something. So it's worth checking out, especially if you're looking to add some backlinks, some relevant backlinks to a your money or your life type website. Thanks a lot to Otis. Do you have any plans to go back and like improve or touch the content? I've heard from a few people, some peers where basically they just have an ongoing person like updating articles along the way just to to redo the intro, just so Google knows you're refreshing and updating things often. I don't have any plans to do that right now. There's one article I have been focusing on that's one of my more high competition articles. I've actually sent some links towards the articles. I picked up a link from Haro. It's kind of started the 12th, 13th spot in Google. I got all the way up to number four. This is an article I've added photos to. I've added 100 words to the article at like three different occasions. So I'm kind of refreshing that content. And I want to see the impact that adding content, adding links does to this specific article. And it is up to the number four spot. I mean, it gets like 10 to 15 visitors a day. If I got to the number one spot, it would probably bring in over 100 visitors a day. Like there's a lot of potential there. But more for anything outside just the money itself, I want to see if this works. So I'm trying to focus on this one article. I mean, maybe I should probably spread out some time and resources to see like what else I could do with this on other articles and not just put all my eggs into this one basket. But uh, I am looking at it, and I think it's something that is probably integral if you're going to slow down the publishing and you really want to still grow traffic. Is like, okay, if your article is just outside the top five or top three, you know, what can you do to it to kind of really start winning decent amounts of traffic if Google already decently likes your article and puts it in a good spot? And I wonder what it would be like if you just put like one resource or part of a resource on a, a cluster, a topic area, and they just updated those 15 articles or whatever. So you'd have like, you know, just that topic is is really solid. And I mean, the thing is, I struggle with that a little bit. I mean, I haven't tried this yet myself. Whenever I've refreshed content, it's usually good. It's normally positive. But some things don't change that fast, right? So it's it's not really necessary to like update things that are a fact from the past. You don't there's no new developments in the boiling temperature of water, right? Like that's pretty much going to stay the same. So, yeah, I struggle with it just to like play the game of, you know, refreshing content, but it seems like there's some good results out there. Okay. Um, I, I sort of skipped um, any more like keyword research stuff. So yeah, any other thoughts on keyword research? It sounds like you pivoted a little bit when you identified another you know good opportunity and any other thoughts on that? 
Yeah. So I've always been a fan of not spending a ton of money on keyword research tools. I think the most fancy thing I ever bought for keyword research was I bought a annual membership for Uber suggest. And it was just to give me enough information where I knew the keywords volume roughly. I mean, obviously they're not accurate enough. I could see how other websites are doing, what other articles are doing well on those sites, but nothing that's like super in depth with great data, like a site like Ahrefs. So a few weeks ago, when I was kind of going to my next push of the next 50 articles, I was curious how much a good keyword research tool would help. So I paid for the trial for Ahrefs just to kind of see what it was like. I think it's $7 or something for the week. Nothing too bad. As long as you cancel it, you don't get you know locked into that monthly subscription. And I wanted to see how good of a tool it was. And to be honest, while it was a little bit easier to use and I was able to find keywords a little bit faster... It was very similar principles to what I saw in Uber suggest. You know, some home runs you can find there, some things that look like home runs. You type that phrase into Google and it's way harder than it actually looks with the metrics it gives you. Um, but I found definitely some, you know, I found like 30 or 40 good topic ideas that went into those next 50 articles. And all those articles are published right now in the last month and still taking time to rank. So there's really no good data just yet. But I'm always trying to find new ideas on how to do keyword research. I still think that the best thing for keyword research is like your own logic. Like, yeah, I know Google auto suggest is pretty much part of logic, but you got to kind of understand what you're going to go after. And when you start typing that phrase or seeing what's out there, just see what the SERPs are showing. If there's a you know, core question or a Yahoo answers type of thing at the beginning, or like one of these lower type of user generated content sites, those are always going to be easy wins. Now finding out that's going to receive traffic is sometimes the hard part. But spending a little bit of time and starting to go after some of those topics and just kind of put some test content out there and let it sit for a few months and see how it does is, is the best thing you can really do. Um, the best data you're ever going to have for keyword research is the own data that you have, whether it's your Google Search Console account, your Google Analytics, seeing what works, and then kind of replicating what has worked and kind of staying away from the topics or the areas that haven't worked. And that's usually the best thing about having a site and starting to you know, gather that data over time. Got it. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting since keyword search volume seems to be really important, but I think, you know, one reason why it maybe doesn't matter as much to you for these sites is the volume that you're publishing. So it doesn't really matter if it's a very low search volume term. In fact, you just want low competition, right? So it really, it doesn't even matter. And you maybe would not go after high search volume terms. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Not really. A question. I rather, <laughs> I rather publish 50 articles that have zero search volume that I know people search, but have like no competition where I know I'll rank top three right away. I rather do 50 articles there and then publish 50 articles that are high competition. And you hopefully win like one or two of them because all those articles that don't bring in traffic aren't helping your site become more of an authority in that topic. It's not bringing fresh traffic in. It's not pushing the needle anywhere. And there's also a chance like you publish 50 high authority articles and you're sitting there and there's no traffic growth for months and it can be very discouraging. I rather spend the time, publish an article that's $40, have it generate, I don't know, 10 visitors a day, 300, 300 views a month, which probably gets you, I don't know, five or six bucks in ads. And over the course of, you know, a year, you pay that article off. And then from there, it's all profit. But what that article is also doing is it's growing your authority. It's growing your site's traffic. It's growing the brand. Like It's all good things for your site. 
And those are stuff that happen because you were able to acquire a top three position rather quickly rather than waiting all this time for these high competition phrases to rank. I, I don't completely stay away from high competition. I have a few articles out there because you always want to be testing the um, ability of your site to grow and see what you know Google thinks of it. But the low competition is just the easy wins, keeps you motivated. And if you have good writers at good prices that you can pump out that content, it really makes a lot of sense on a business standpoint. Yep. Very cool. And I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, just getting a, a slow start when you're first publishing content. Were there some periods in the first few months, say under six months, maybe when you're still in the Google sandbox, where you were a little nervous, like, hey, is this going to work? Or have I made a big mistake in the, this approach? Yes, for sure. Um, my first website, I think, was successful. But there was a lot of things I did do wrong. And that's what kind of motivated me to change what I've done in the past for this site. And then when I made those changes, I mean, you're not going to see like, oh, great job, Charlie, you made those changes in two months, here's a thousand visitors a day. Like it doesn't work like that, even if you're doing everything correctly. So you still see that same growth where you would have kind of saw that growth on a site that maybe you didn't do those things correctly. So there's no real type of proof to know you're doing things right. I mean, look, a couple hundred articles published per month in the beginning, like you'd expect this traffic explosion. But I've noticed that there's less of this, you know, big spike in traffic on a daily or weekly basis, it's kind of like a slow crawl upwards. As long as you keep crawling upwards, I guess there's nothing really to worry about. I mean, I had a few situations where traffic kind of stayed flat for a couple of weeks. But as long as traffic was never going down, I tried to tell myself, like, okay, like, these are positive signals. These are good. Like, keep publishing, keep publishing. Um, tracking each and every article in SERP Robot, looking at where those keywords were ranking, it's like a great tool that I'm able to see where it initially falls into the SERPs. Is it climbing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? Is my site's you know keyword positions growing? Is it improving? And in the beginning, that's all I saw was keywords constantly marching its way upwards. I think when I had like several hundred articles on the website, my average position in Google was like 70. When I had hundreds of articles in the beginning, like obviously nothing's going to be, you know, carry me to the top. At this point in time now with my 925 articles, my average keyword position, I think is 17. A lot of those keywords are top three, but there's also many of those keywords that are 50, 60, or not even in the SERPs at all. Um, so yeah, you got to try and do things in the beginning to remain encouraged. Uh, I think following other people, having like other people in the space show you their success. I mean, I hope that this video itself is motivation for you. If you have a site that's younger than mine, like keep at it, keep publishing. Um, you really shouldn't expect anything in the first year. I, I think my case is unique because I spend so much time and effort and money into publishing so much content. But the first year is going to be such a slow crawl. I, I think even to the site, like at the 12 to 15 month mark, I think is going to be completely different than what I just saw on the nine to 12 month mark uh, from the early stages on. So keep publishing, keep gaining that authority in Google and try and stay motivated with, uh, you know, keyword trackers and understanding what's really going into the analytics of your growth. Okay, very good. And the length of the content, and I'm, I'm jumping all over the place here, but back to the content, it sounded like the articles were roughly about a thousand words on average, maybe a little bit more. Um, is that about right? And how did you arrive at that, you know, word count on average? So since I was going after low competition, I knew that my thousand word article would probably win the position over 
some user generated piece of content. And I'm not really trying to compete with another type of keyword or phrase that, you know, seven or 12 sites of my niche are going to be going after. Like it's not worth it. The chances of me winning that position while I'll win a few of them. I didn't find the value in publishing 1500, 2000 word articles on these simple, like response, like questions. They didn't need that type of words. So why compete for these type of phrases when there's plenty of other phrases out there, I can win that position with some content that only requires a thousand words. Usually I told my writers stay between a thousand to 1200 words and I pay them accordingly to how much they wrote. Um, and that was, that's probably a good chunk of what the articles that's on my site. I probably have those 20 to 40 articles on the site that do have over 1500 words and they range from 1500 to 3000. I mentioned earlier, I have one writer that really just focuses on those types of content. Those are completely different. They're different from the mission of my website. These are longer pieces of content. I actually create like a custom image for the articles. The article itself has, you know, 15 to 20 images itself. It's like these longer uh, type of guides or, you know, posts that people could be looking into and understand the topic better. But look, I, if it only needs a thousand words, 1200 words, and that's all it needs to win a top three position, then that's all you should publish. Why waste time? Why waste money on something that doesn't need to be done to win that position? Nice. And how much are you paying per uh, article or a word or so? Usually I'm around. So for the thousand word articles that are less research type of topics, I'm usually between the 15 to $20 uh, mark for a thousand word article. And these writers are writers that I've vetted for many months. They've done a very good job and I'm very comfortable paying that level for what they do. Um, then there's some topics that do require more research and I pay anywhere from 30 to $40 per thousand word article. Still, I try and stay around the thousand word article for that mark. And then for the more research articles that I have that one writer working on, um, usually she charges me depending on what topic we're working on specifically, but between the 45 to $60 mark per thousand words. Um, I only publish one of those articles like every two weeks or so. So I'm, I'm fine paying that. It's not like it's taking a big into my expenses and what I'm spending for the site, but the content's definitely worth it. And I think out of all the articles she's written, hers have been the top performing articles out of everything on my site. So I've actually kind of considered how I can kind of push more money and more efforts towards getting her to write a little bit more, as long as I have the topics that make sense. Right. Are you still drafting and publishing the content? Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy for doing this. It, I was definitely the person holding back the site early on, but I get all the content from the writers. I'm the one editing it. I'm the one publishing it. I think as long as you balance your day and be smart with getting content up and not letting it sit too long in your email or whatever system you're receiving your content from, um, it doesn't wind up building up too bad. Uh, I work a full-time job. So when I get home, my first thing is not to sit down and publish content. Like I have other things I have to take care of. But usually like right before I go to bed, I'll go on my site work about an hour on it, try and get two or three articles published, edited, images uploaded, interlink some articles. And it's been working. Uh, when I did my first massive content push, it definitely took most of the time my weekends. And that was something I wanted to spend time on because I was growing this business. Now that kind of a good chunk of the content's on there already, I'm just kind of publishing a few articles a week here and there um, to keep the content fresh. I think I'm getting better at keyword research. So it doesn't take too much time from what it once did. Yeah, that, that is a little crazy, but it does give you a little more like oversight of the quality of the content. It's a lot of articles you're publishing, but it does give you a way to make sure like things are marching in the right direction. So I could respect that. 
it, it's not like I'm publishing a thousand articles in like one week, like the 200 a month was crazy. And yes, there was days I was publishing 10 articles and I like didn't want to see another article ever again. But I told myself like, once you get past this, like big hurdle, this, all this content up there, like it's going to start ranking as soon as you publish it, like Google's going to start crawling it. Like motivate yourself with little wins like that. Um, there'd be not a better feeling than getting 10 articles published as soon as you wake up in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday, and then go and take on what you have to do for the day. You feel like you accomplished a lot, even though those articles make no difference on the earnings probably for the site that month, just knowing it's up there and starting to kind of bake into that algorithm. It's like, uh, putting like a new pie or something into the oven and letting it start to cook. Like just baked it. It's fresh, get it in there let it start, you know, getting to work. It's not gonna be ready right away, but soon as it's cooked, you'll be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about links. And you mentioned us uh, a little bit of Haro, uh, link building potentially. Yeah. What else has um, been going on in the link building front? So I paid a service to do Haro for me. And I think the agreement was something along the lines of for X amount of dollars, they would submit 50 plus Haro pitches and they would guarantee at least three Haro links on sites with a domain authority of 40 plus from those efforts. I think they wound up doing 60 or so pitches and I did win about six or seven links from Haro just from that service. I kind of did the math calculation. It wound up being like $150 per link, $125 a link, which is really probably what you're going to pay if you hire some backlink provider to go do guest posts or niche edits on some other sites. The big difference here is these are way more natural looking and these are organically acquired through Haro outreach, you know, through a writer that needs a credible source and some type of content for a site. So it's definitely less spammy looking. And I think this is the way to go. Um, has it helped my site? I would like to think so. I mean, according to Ahrefs, my domain authority is a 30 I have over 550 referring domains. A good chunk of them are spammy or organic ones that I acquired. I probably only contributed to 50 or 75 links or so um, through Haro, through organic outreach, you know, through niche edit providers or whatever I've kind of experienced with. There's nothing I really use on the link front on a monthly basis where I'm throwing money at it or I'm throwing my personal time on it on a natural basis. You know, every now and then a few weeks go by, I get inspired to maybe spend some money or spend some of my time on outreach, but it's nothing I do on a consistent basis. I do think it is still the most important thing for growing authority for your website. I think having organic traffic and receiving that type of, um, you know, positive signal from Google of it sending you traffic is a good part of building authority. But I do think at the end of the day, getting links from really reputable websites is so important but the truth about it is there's so many backlink providers that you're going to spend this money on and not actually get good links that are going to move the needle on anything. So unless you have a real plan to acquire good links or links that Google's actually going to say, oh, a link from here is going to make this site bump up an authority, then I really don't think it's worth building backlinks if you're not going to go after the real attractive links. You have to spend money there and you got to think about it. Like a lot of the money you're spending there is probably getting someone who's a contributor on the website or like a real author, a real writer to really make an impact for you. And like, I get that now in the beginning it used to be like, Oh, it's only $40 for a link. Like, yeah, let's get it. And then you look into the metrics and it's like all spam backlinks that are a part of that site. You notice it really does nothing for your article. Um, for a newer site, I like having backlinks because I find that rather than even just climbing in the SERPs from backlinks, it feels like your website gets crawled more and the indexing can be faster just from having those links. 
And it really has nothing to do with Google saying, oh, a lot of backlinks, it's good, but it's just another way for like a Google bot to crawl that page and then to crawl your web page. And I think it's just a great way to index content quickly, especially within different topic clusters. You know, if I have one backlink for a certain article in that topic cluster, and then I interlink that article to a bunch of others, I notice things do move a little bit quicker. Um, backlinks is a big part of it, but if you're not doing it the right way, just focus on content. It, it's really just not worth it unless you really know where to allocate your money and time towards acquiring those links. And one thing you mentioned there is, you know, some of the spammy backlinks. And just to clarify, they're not spammy backlinks that you had anything to do with. These are just sort of, I don't know what the spammers are doing, but they send links all over the internet. So you'll see like weird links that are from sites with sort of either like AI put together content that's all garbled and doesn't make sense but that's what you meant when you said spammy links right yeah i stay away from link building on any spammy front it's like these weird blog spot sites that they pick up your image and i guess they link to your site through the image a lot of them say they're no follow links anyway so don't really worry about them even the ones that are like a do follow link it shows like their domain authority is like a zero anyway so it's not really contributing anything one way or another but I've never seen anything bad on that front. Okay, cool. Yep, and then, like I said, those just kind of pop up. Like if you have a site, especially your site has a lot of content and it's ranking for stuff. So I, again, I don't know why the spammers do that, but f- there's some automated thing happening out there. So, okay, cool. I agree with you know most of what you said with the, the link building. I mean... I had a relatively new site in the last year and I did a shotgun skyscraper campaign with a service and they, they did a good job. We got, you know, a handful of links. Some of them probably weren't that great. Some of them were pretty good. Got a couple Haro links as well. And it really does like set the stage and you only need like a couple good links to actually really move your uh, domain rating or authority since, you know, that kind of, helps other sites understand like how authoritative your your site is i'm not too caught up on the metrics there but it is like a nice benchmark and like i said it really only takes like one or two good links and you may shoot up quite a bit so all right anything else with a link building before we move on it's funny i i do a lot of internal links on my website but i actually for this project i don't know why i did this i never linked to an external site my old website, I did all the time. Like I had my writers do it. That was part of the campaign. Like that was part of my plan for writing content. This website, I only link internally to articles within my site. There's no external outbound link for anyone leaving. So I get so many guest posts and niche edit requests from people via email. Obviously, I don't do any of it. I don't entertain any of it. But it's just funny as I'm building this authority on my website, like I'm up to a domain authority of 30. People probably see my site with you know a thousand articles and no outbound links, and they're like, "Oh, if I can just acquire a link from this site, it's probably really valuable." And I just stay away from that. Like, <laughs> it's funny how much people see that and probably get more excited for a link outreach. Wow, I I had not thought of that, but that is one of the ways that people filter. They'll check the number of inbound links and the number of outbound links. So your ratio is like through the roof with no outbound links. <laughs> It was on, I mean, I kind of did it on purpose, but I also didn't want to just link to sites that I didn't think were credible. And a lot of my articles, like I'm probably 
one of the only articles on the topic. So if it's like an outbound article, it's probably something that's not super correlated to what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I could do it in spots. Don't get me wrong, but it's really just kind of changed the whole game for how people reach out to me. I get so many requests for guest posts because they probably see this metric and they're like, Oh, there's no outbound links. Like this is great. What a link this would be. (laughs) Yeah. I need to look at one of my sites. I wonder what would happen if I scaled it way back. I mean, there are some outbound links that make sense for that site that I'm thinking of, but okay. You gave me another idea to check out. So very cool. (laughs) Um, well, I'm curious what the future holds here. So you you launched your first site, which I, I think, did you publish like 500 plus articles in a very short amount of time? Is that right? Yeah, that site I think was 525 articles in the first nine months, I want to say, just around that time. Perfect. So you have a lot of you know things that you learned there, and then you apply that to the second site, and you try to improve. So now you have even more data. You've published even more articles, and you know you're a year wiser doing this stuff. So yeah, what do you see happening, and you know what does the data tell you? Yeah. So this this week I kind of locked back into the data to the analytics and kind of wanted to see how articles had been performing because as I think about my keyword research for my next, you know, mass content push, I want to see what topics have been working with what writers. So as I mentioned, I had a different writer kind of work on each category. So what I did this week was I typed in the first couple words of that phrase for that category, which will probably have anywhere from 50 to 150 articles within that type of topic. And I want to see how many views I was getting organically in analytics from those type of articles. So like one article I looked at, one type of article I looked at with a certain writer um, that's on the $15, $20 per article basis, I was getting like 180 visitors a day. I think for the 60 something articles I published, that seemed very low. So my next content push, I'm going to stay away from those type of articles. Um, You know, maybe I went after two high competition keywords, maybe publishing a thousand word article at that quality wasn't as effective as other articles could be. So that's going to make me stay away from those type of articles. Another situation I saw my, you know, writer who was $60 per thousand words that writes these bigger articles. She's only written me, you know, 20 to 40 articles, but I was getting hundreds and hundreds of visitors a day from these articles. So, you know, that was the first thing I did this week was I sent her some more articles to start working on. She, you know, does have a slower turnaround time. There is a lot more research in those articles, but if I can maximize her time, anytime I can get back to her and tell her about my next article and kind of cut that delay from a couple of days or a couple of weeks to the next project, I'm going to try and get as much content as possible because those articles are really paying for themselves rather quickly. Um, So that's what I'm kind of really focusing on now is how to focus on what topics that are really working. And this is mainly for the second website. Um, Who knows, maybe it might be worth starting in a couple of new categories, publishing like 10 articles and three or four different types of categories and like seeing how they perform. I think that's a good way to kind of test a new topic. Um, The site does have a lot more authority than it did when I first started publishing content at the beginning, you know, 10 or 11 months ago. So it'll be interesting to see what works. Um, I will always, I think, publish those general type of questions that don't really have a uniform, similar type of layout to the other articles. They're kind of these, these general questions that I come up with and look in Google Auto Suggest. I think those articles are always going to have their place. They're always going to bring in traffic. Um, you know, half of my top 50 performing articles are those type of articles. So I'm going to continue to publish a lot of those. It's just coming up with the topics and the keyword ideas is always going to be challenging. You know, I look at competitor websites. It's always tough to gauge what articles are really the home runs and what 
or ones that you can replicate or write better. Um, definitely a great way to start getting some traffic. But at this point for my site, I still like to keep publishing those articles that have no competition. I can rank in the top three and start contributing to the growth right away. Um, so with all that said, I still want to put a couple more thousand dollars into content in the next couple months, get to that thousand article mark, see where things kind of lay out and go from there. Um, you know, I did mention we're on Mediavine. My RPM is around $21 to $26, depending on you know what day of the week it is and how ads are doing. You know, November, December are usually a big month for these ad providers. Um, so I should get some higher RPMs. And I'm excited to see what that does for this site. But you know, the site continues to grow and march up each and every day. And it's not really correlated to me publishing new content right now. It just shows like over the past couple months, all these weeks I published content with barely any movement. It's all kind of contributing to the growth right now. So we'll see kind of where the site plateaus at. It's still continuing to grow week over week. There's always a new day where it's like another record high. Today will be another record high. Usually Sunday is my best day. And I'll keep monitoring it, keep adding some fresh content, and then see in the future when's the next massive content push of maybe another 100 or 200 article month. Okay. Yeah. And I was just curious, like, do you have like any vision for like the next 12 months where you'll, you know, maybe you don't know what month you're going to do the push, but are you planning on adding like X number of articles next year in 2022, for example? That's a good goal. I should probably start to think about, um, I mean, I would love to have 1500 articles on the site by this time next year, which means I just have to add another 500. So maybe half of the production I have now, um, I think now that the site has some authority, maybe I should try and just solely focus on medium competition keywords next year and just kind of see how they do. Because as my site builds up this authority, maybe I can go after some more competitive topics and then I'll get a whole year of data for see how medium competition keywords do. Um, some bigger posts that are more you know, pillar pieces of content with more information, more pictures, stay on that front, see how those do. That might be a good idea to think about, but I think I'm going to really crunch the data next couple of weeks see how these articles start doing, uh, see which ones are contributing the best RPMs to on the ad networks and really try and focus in on best performing articles in traffic and then best performing articles in terms of its uh, RPM. Are you opposed to adding content that's more affiliate driven? So I've never published one article that is any affiliate product for this site. Um, half of the first hundred articles I published on my first site were affiliate based. I maxed out, I think at like $350 a month from Amazon commissions and I made way more in, in ads. So like I kind of sh- saw the benefit of an ad network early on compared to Amazon affiliate. I think if I toss in some Amazon links into these informational posts now, I could definitely see a couple hundred dollars a month in earnings. That's something I can explore. Um, I mean, there is all this talk and discussion about how Amazon sites had like their own special type of update in the Google algorithm and some of these sites that were only affiliate based with unnatural product reviews were hit pretty hard. So if I do want to go into that space, I think I want to make sure they're really high quality type of pieces. I'm probably going to have to spend a good amount of time and resources on finding good writers that actually give genuine reviews on these products. Um, but at this point right now, I think it just doesn't make sense to spend that time and money on those type of articles when the current business model is really working. I mean, I've grown an asset that's kind of doubled in value already at a pretty you know low multiple the site's making $1,500 a month right now in ads. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if our next update were over the $2,000, $2,500 mark in ad income and just continue to scale from there. Um, I mean, it's crazy how much a site can be worth if you can just get it to like $5,000 a month in ads. Like the amount that people will pay for sites like that is, is crazy. 
And, and it's really not that far away. I mean, a couple months ago, I was just praying to get Mediavine. I'm probably going to be a couple months away from being at the Ad Thrive Mark, which I may not you know, necessarily just move right over, but just knowing that you can kind of accomplish those goals and milestones so quickly from all this initial effort of publishing content is pretty exciting. So I'll kind of see how that plays along, but got to keep options open and when in doubt, publish content. <laughs> yeah, right. Very cool. Well, any other sort of final thoughts before we wrap it up? The big thing I'm focusing on now is, is it worth paying lower tier writers? So your 15, $20 writers to publish content in the masses to just keep putting content on the site for really, really low competition keywords. Will it pay for itself? Um, I think that's a big question you got to ask yourself when you're building your site. If you can pay someone to write, you know, still good content at a very cost effective price, does it still work well with the business model? And I think if you can answer yes to that question, you know, throw a lot of time, throw a lot of money into that type of resource that you have and see if that can help really grow your site with content early on. Um, that's something I tried early on the site. Now that I have a lot of data, I'm going to kind of go through it and see if it makes sense for going forward. If it doesn't, I go to the high quality content, you know, the 30, 40, 50, $60 per word writers per thousand views, um, and see if it makes sense. I mean, I'm not creating AI generated content at all. You know, all my articles are well-researched, good formatted, you know, there's no grammatical errors. There's nothing glaring that's wrong with the article. So look at those things. And I think that's a big part of, of growing a site in the mass is kind of like what I've done in the last 11 months for the site number two. Very cool. Well, you've definitely accomplished and, you know, just put out a huge volume of work so far in your sites. And I encourage people to, to check out the other interviews that I've done with you, Charlie, but also you have a YouTube channel. So you want to plug that and let people know where they could find you. Yeah. So my YouTube channel is passive priority and we can thank Doug for my YouTube channel. Cause I would have never made one if Doug told me it wasn't you know a good resource for people, but I pretty much just talk about my journey more in depth. I have a few articles about how I do keyword research and some other different things. And like my opinions on the space, just kind of educating people as I see things come up. But I usually try to post some updates here and there. Uh, usually I go on Doug's show first, give the big updates there, and then kind of dive a little more into the weeds on my channel. But Doug usually gets the good stuff first. Oh, nice. Very <laughs> cool. So, yeah, check out uh, Charlie's channel and we'll get an update from you sometime again very soon. So, uh, I'm curious to see where you're going to be in a few months and, you know, 12, 18 months further ahead, too. So, thanks a lot. Thanks, Doug, for having me. It's always fun to catch up with Charlie. He works pretty hard. He seems pretty ambitious. I wish I had that kind of energy. But right now, I don't have that sort of drive. But I commend Charlie, and it is a blast to talk to him. I'm very curious if you have questions for him for the next time I have him on. Definitely want to get an update as time goes on, just because it's interesting to track how things go. Like he was talking about the number of articles that haven't really aged that long and he's only 11 months in and there's you know some examples out there where you might see a sort of sandbox period that's closer to like a year so i wouldn't be surprised if there was accelerated growth once the site gets a little bit older but that remains to be seen and i would love to hear your questions so you could shoot me an email feedback at doug.show. 
at the time that I'm recording this, I just got back from a pretty fun conference called Economy. It was in Cincinnati where it rained and it was cold and it even had some like snow flurries. So I would say the weather was uh, pretty shitty, but it was a very fun conference. And in fact, some listeners of this show actually came out to Economy to hang out in Cincinnati. There's a cool thing that happens and that's uh, like an overlap between my other podcast, Mile High Fi, and this one. And there were a few people that actually do affiliate marketing or just happen to have you know, found this show, The Doug Show, and they also are you know, personal finance enthusiasts. Some are retired. Some are on the journey to retire early. But it was cool to, uh, to meet the folks. And uh, honestly, I can't remember everyone's name because I... Well, fortunately, I was drinking a lot of the weekend. That was really fun. Probably absolutely too much and too often. And basically every single night, it was for too late in the night. So I am feeling much better now that I got eight hours of sleep last night. But for the whole weekend, it was more like four hours. I haven't stayed out that late in a very long time. Certainly not on consecutive days. I didn't take very many naps. And I just honestly beat the hell out of my liver. I, I do remember a couple folks' names, or at least one, Travis, because I bumped into you multiple times. So shout out to Travis. It was good catching up. And one thing that I realized uh, throughout the whole weekend and even a little bit during FinCon, which was a, the conference I went to in Austin back in September, is I'm trying to do a better job, like not pulling out my phone and just like hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with and having those conversations, which I, I think I've been doing a really good job. The downside is I'm also not bringing my phone out to take pictures, which I should have done more of. It would have been great to have a few more memories, uh, you know, captured on, on my phone. And I, totally, I, I end up forgetting and then I'll think of it later and I'm like, ah, I don't want to bug this person for a picture, blah, blah, blah. But it ends up being, you know, fine overall, but I should, you know, make it a point to at least snap a couple pictures. One thing I met a few, a few people that I hadn't met before. And I guess I did a whole show on how fun it is to go to in-person events, but I was able to connect with so many folks that I, honestly, I didn't know them before because I don't listen to their their podcast or read their blog or anything like that, but they're friends of friends. And I was able to get sort of warm introductions and really hang out with some folks. And there's a, a show, I'll give a plug, which doesn't it actually doesn't need a plug from me at all, but it was called, or it is called Afford Anything. And Paula Pant is the uh, hostess, I guess. She's the the host of the show. And I was able to hang out with her a bunch. And yeah, I, I saw the show in the past and I've seen her around because she's, well, pretty famous, but never, never uh, ch checked out the show. It's pretty good. So I encourage you to have a listen to that one. I'll put a link in the description, the show notes here. But yeah, pretty good show. And there were, you know, 10 other people that I never met before, sometimes authors, um, sometimes, like I said, listeners of this show or just attendees or someone that I've connected with in the past. But it's, it's pretty cool to actually meet people in person. And I think I found sort of the, 
the kind of conferences where I enjoy them more than the one or I guess the one or two that I went to before that I was like, ah, some of the people, I don't love it. But economy was pretty awesome. Pretty sure I'm going to go. It's not going to be next year, but I guess she's moving it. Uh, Diana Miriam is moving it to 2023 in the spring, probably in the March time frame. So obviously, obviously that's way the fuck out. So I'm not 100% sure if I'm going, but I would say highly, highly likely. And once you go to a couple of these and, and you're able to hang out during the dead time, you, you meet so many folks and they, they go to other conferences and other events. So it's kind of fun to bump into them again and, and hang out a bit because you already have like a few hours of bonding that you've already done. And I, I've seen this with you know my good friend, Carl Jensen, who's the co-host for Mile High Five. He's been going to these conferences for seven, eight years. So he has relationships that span that whole entire amount of time. And, you know, some people continue blogging the whole time. Some people, you know, sort of taper off and, and branch off into some other things. But they, they've known each other for a long time. And those relationships go pretty deep, which is kind of awesome because when you get into this middle-aged uh, sort of stretch that we're, we're in, many of you are as well, around 40 it's harder to meet new friends just in general, but uh, to go to one of these conferences kind of, you know, it filters, filters the people a bit and then you're able to hang out for a while. Hopefully my voice will return to normal and hopefully this time I won't catch a cold in the week after <laughs> the conference, but maybe I learned my lesson as far as staying up too late and drinking. Probably not. I'll forget by the time I go to the next one. But it was it was fun the whole time. All right, I think that's it for now. Oh, wh- one quick thing: I, I've been telling people, hey, you know, leave some reviews and stuff. Do that. Leave reviews. But really, the best thing you can do is tell like a friend or family member or someone who you think might enjoy the show. That's really you know the best thing you can do. I've gone back and forth. I know the reviews do help, but you know, sharing this maybe this episode, maybe a different one, whatever might resonate to that friend or family member that uh, can get something out of it. Would definitely appreciate it. All right. And if I met you in Cincinnati and I didn't mention your name because I met, I met a lot of people, but I, like I said, I couldn't remember them all. And it was very late. Very Often it was late. Sometimes it was early, but I was also tired and I didn't get the, the sleep that I need to commit those names to memory. And then I never like exchanged information or anything like that. So if I didn't give you a shout out, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show and just say, hey, I met you. And if you want any kind of plug or anything, just let me know. Happy to do it. I just, I, for, I fucking forgot like most of the people's names that I only talked to for like a short amount of time. But I appreciate anyone that did you know, come up and chat with me. Okay, that is it for today. We will catch you in the next episode, which is, oh, this will be a fun one. So five examples of sites growth and sort of the timeline. So I I gathered a little information so people can get an idea how sites might uh, get traffic and their earnings over a you know, a period of time. It could be a few months or a couple of years, but I talk about the trajectory a little bit. That's episode 305 coming up soon. 
Well, the next episode, Thursday, Monday and Thursday. That's when the shows come out. All right, I'm rambling. All right, catch you later.